0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a cup of coffee and a Chinese food order. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. So whenever I'm trying to be really productive, which is pretty much every day, I slam some coffee which is, which is like my go-to. It's like turning on my car engine, hot cup of coffee, black, like my soul. And I crush it. And that gets me going to do whatever I have to be doing. Could be working on the house, could be working, uh, doing logistics, calling back parents, getting whatever I need to get done, done. And again, the second I slam the coffee, it's go time. I like it. And what usually happens is I try to set a block of time apart where I know I'm going to be productive and I know I'm going to have time to do it and that's when I drink the coffee. This is not a surprise, right? You do want to drink a cup of coffee to be productive right before you're going to go to bed. You're going to do it when you know you can use that time effectively, which is, again, what I do. But sometimes, as, as is the case in almost everyone's life, things don't go according to plan. Things get interrupted. And very frequently, my wife will catch me when I'm in the middle of doing something and ask me to do, do whatever it is. Right. And it's not a, a malicious or bad thing. It's like, Hey, could you help me, you know, do the kitchen or help me pick up this, whatever it is. And it's really interesting to me because we do this to each other. My wife and I do this to each other all the time and people do it to other people all the time. They just kind of interrupt them and say, Hey, could you help me do this thing? Now, look in any, in any long-term relationship, there needs to be the ability to do this. You need to be able to grab the person's attention and say, hey, you know, I need, I need your attention. I need your help. Can you come do this thing with me? That's a dead giveaway. But when you're not doing that, when it's not something that you really need help with, where's the line? And what I mean by that is you might be sitting on a couch somewhere watching TV or reading a book and somebody walks into the room and very frequently people will walk into the room and expect their presence to be an introduction in itself. Like they'll walk in the room and you're just sitting there reading or again watching TV and they'll give you a, <clears throat> give you a little <clears throat> as if, hey, I'm here and my physical preference here, my physical presence warrants your undivided attention. And I've started realizing that's a very odd thing. Does the person walking into the room consider the person in the room in just some kind of weird holding pattern where the person sitting in the room is just waiting for the person entering to in fact enter? Because that's what it seems like. It's like, look, I was doing something. I was reading a book or I was, my mind was occupied. You walk in and I'm not only supposed to notice that you walked in, but I'm supposed to drop everything I was doing. Now, again, in a normal relationship, this isn't that big of a deal. A relationship could be with your parents or your siblings or or whatever. It's It's not some area of great offense, but it's the underlying concept that I find super interesting. Because what is the assumption? The assumption is that, your attention is not actually yours, right? Like whatever your attention was on, whatever you had your attention focused on, that's supposed to immediately take backseat to this person entering the room, right? And again, when I drink some coffee and I get going on things, I'm literally intending to harness my energy, harness my focus and get working on a specific task. And when that gets derailed, it's almost like my wife, again, not maliciously or anything, has hijacked my capacity to do things. I was trying to harness it. I was drinking this cup of coffee. I was very intent. I was very focused. I got my engine revved up. And all of a sudden, she was like, no, 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 steer this way real fast. I got to use your engine. And I've started seeing this everywhere. The number one place I see it is when you're ordering food. Let's say we're ordering takeout. Say we're ordering Chinese. Very frequently people say, hey, what do you want to eat? And I'm a, the person says, look, you pick. I don't care. Pick anything. I'll be happy with it. You might say, okay, how about, uh, how about Mexican? They're like, oh, no, no, no. It's too, uh, it's too heavy. It's too heavy, and I had that a couple days ago. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, how about Thai? Ah, uh, it's too creamy. But like, I'll eat anything. Just you pick. Um. Okay. How about pizza? Ah, uh, it's too oily. What? Well, why don't you just tell me what you want to eat? No, 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 no. I don't care. You pick. And you go round and round and round, until let's say you land on Chinese. Then it's like, okay, I could do some Chinese. Great. What do you want from the Chinese? Oh, I don't care. You pick. Do you want kung pao? Ah, uh, I don't really want the peanuts. Um do you want mushu pork? I'm staying away from pork, actually. Uh, do you want Mongolian beef? You know I read this thing about cows. I don't really want, I don't really want the beef. And you will literally go around and around and around with this person who from the onset said, "Hey, look, you pick. I don't care what we eat. I'll eat anything. When in reality, there's no way they're gonna eat anything. And in fact, they want to eat almost nothing. Now this to me is a classic case of hijacking someone's brain because what the person who will presumably eat anything is actually doing is they're saying, look, I recognize that I have very specific preferences and restrictions with what I will actually eat but I don't want to think about them myself. I want you to do the thinking for me because the person asking, saying, you pick, I'll eat anything, could go through Chinese, Mexican, Thai. They could go down the list and think for themselves, hey, I don't want these things or I do want these things or whatever it is, but they don't want to do the thinking. They don't actually want to turn on their CPU. They want to hijack yours as if yours is up for grabs. And I've been thinking, again, a lot about my capacity to get through specific problems at work or specific problems with the kids or specific personal problems, whatever it is, and using my brain, which is my greatest resource, to do these things. And the more I need my brain, the more demand I have on it, the more I have this coffee and I'm ready to go, the more it matters to me when somebody tries to hijack my brain, when I'm using it very intensely and, and with a purpose, and they say, hey, stop using your brain for your task and use your brain on my task. And it's one of those things where in in years past, I have not cared about it at all. Sure, whatever you need. What, what do you want to talk about? But his demands of parenting and, and, and having a small business add up, I need the utility of my brain more and more and more. And I find myself lost in thought working through real problems, not daydreaming, but really working through issues, working through problems, working through things that need, need addressing. And every time I'm doing that and someone asks me, The stakes for me get higher and higher. The issue becomes greater and greater. The issue is, Hey, look, I'm using my brain. Can you, can you not ask to use it? And seeing this come out, seeing this play out in my life, again, not through malicious intent at all, has stopped me and really given me pause when considering asking other people. Because, yes, it's, it's very clear that in a family, at the very least, we need to work together. That's 100% clear. And kids do this all the time. Kids have no capacity to stop doing this. When you're dealing with a three-year-old or four-year-old, all they want to do all day long is take your CPU, your brain, and apply it to their lives. That's all they're doing. That's why kids ask, why does the... Light turned red? Why does the chicken cross the road? Why is there a hole here? Why don't you want me to stick my tongue in the electrical socket? They ask all of these questions because they literally don't know the answers. They're trying to train their CPU to think like your CPU, which is okay, well, look, we don't stick the tongue in the electrical socket because that's dangerous. Thanks. Didn't know that. And so then hopefully they take that information and say, okay, well, I won't do that. But that's why they're constantly asking questions. And whenever I hang out with my three-year-old, I cannot stop him from asking questions. Or even my five-year-old constantly asking questions, asking, 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 wanting this, wanting that. Because again, their CPUs don't function in a way that can provide them with valuable answers. All the CPUs are doing is providing them with stimulus and questions. And they're like, wait, why? Why don't we chase lizards? Or like, what, what is a lizard? I mean, when, why does the tail come off? All of these things are very real questions in their lives, and they're incapable of using the raw power they have in their head to answer the questions. So they hijack your CPU. So again, in a normal family, you have to know you're going to be walking into this, especially when you're raising kids. You're going to be answering questions all over the place. There's, there was a long period of time about a year ago where I literally couldn't finish two sentences in my own head I was trying to work through a scheduling problem or somebody needed something about a different different test date. It took me hours to find the small, tiny, insignificant amount of time to work the problem out in my own head. Because with three boys and, and a family and things going on, it was impossible just to get my CPU focused on my issue. Now, again, it could be that I'm, you know, just silly dad or silly husband or whatever. Maybe I'm just not that bright and can't think fast enough. That's fine. I'm open to all of those things. But at the very least, it made me think about how I ask of other people, what I ask of other people, and when I ask of other people. Because now I realize when I look at my wife and I have a question Instead of seeing somebody who's sitting there idly, and of course she's not, but I don't think about the infinite number of things that may be going through her head. I don't think about the tasks that her CPU might be undertaking right now. I'm used to just blurting out, hey, could you do this at noon? Or hey, could you help me with this? Now I look at it differently. I see what I'm doing is asking to borrow her God-given horsepower in her head. I see what I'm doing is robbing her of her own agency over her brain. And that's an enormous, enormous ask. And I remember as, a, as a kid asking my parents things and, and having my mom or my dad just be deep in thought and being so annoyed. That they, their attention would wander off somewhere. And m- my sister used to get really mad at my dad. She's like, "Dad, you're not even here. Yeah, he wasn't there. He, he was working. He was at home, but he was working in his head. He was ironing out problems. He's a physician. He has people that are sick. He has people that rely on him. And, and his brain was trying to work through. He was trying to use what was given to him to resolve these problems. And again, as a younger person, I didn't get that. I didn't see that what I was doing was robbing them of their own agency. It would literally be like saying, can I borrow your leg? I have to walk down the street. And then having that person be sitting down on the couch with only one leg because I've handicapped their ability to do something. And I see that now. I respect that. And I appreciate the attention my wife gives to my issues. I appreciate the attention that she brings to my problems that I ask her to help me solve. And I'm very cautious with how frequently I rob her of her own CPU, her own agency, her own brain that she needs. And if you're still living with your parents, You may want to think about that a little bit, just a little bit. How much of what you do, what you ask of them intentionally or otherwise, robs them of their own brain that they may be using to do things that are important to them? Because the more you can respect them, The more you can help them recognize that you you don't want to waste their time. I think the more open they're going to be to helping you when you do ask, because they'll recognize that you respect the gift that they're giving you. They're giving you the gift of their brain for a brief period of time. And that's a tremendous gift. So at the very least show that gift, a little respect. And on that note, thanks for listening. Go out and crush it.